Welcome, everyone. Today, the guest is Shane Cashman from TeamCast. We're going to be opening the phone lines up for him as well over on Twitter Spaces, so do join us there. Shane, of course, is a writer, investigator, frequent guest on TeamCast IRL, author of Tales from the Inverted World, Ghost of the Civil War. He's going to talk about, I'm very interested in what that's all about. He also has Joyless Kingdom and the FN Lunatic. He hosts a popular paranormal podcast, and he's had several articles go viral recently, including some material on our friend Eliza Blue, and the one and only Kanye West. I'm dying to talk to him about all of it. Stay with us. And as I said, we'll take your call. And you're agreeing to go out on multiple platforms if you raise your hand and I bring you up. Let's get to the show. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. You have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. And welcome, everyone. As I said, Shane Cashman is our guest. The new book is called Tales from the Inverted World, which uh, could be uh, a story about the present moment in this country or in the world, for that matter. Um, and as I said, we'll be taking calls off on Twitter Spaces, so raise your hand there. You uh, click the button in the lower left-hand corner. Uh, Caleb has a nice cartoon to show you how to do that. So welcome, my guest, Shane Cashman. There's that cartoon. There he is. Hi, Shane. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? Good. So tell me about this book. What what uh, motivated it? What, what are we going to learn by reading it? I went down to Washington, Georgia to look for Confederate gold. I thought it was going to be one article about the story of the Confederacy dissolving in that town of Washington. They, uh, the Confederates had fled Richmond after they burned it down towards the end of the war it took I mean, all the Shane, i'm going to interrupt south. you real quick yeah. i'm going to interrupt because our audio again is just a mess it's oh, uh no. cracking and yeah, yeah. so why don't we uh, caleb why don't you take him off refresh refresh yeah, just very quickly I'll refresh take a couple calls yeah. while we're while we're kind of watching here and of course i'll make caleb a co-host at the same time um yeah there's a lot to talk about today with shane i, I hope you all will stick around for that and ask questions how's that him. there he is uh is that any better there you are much better. Okay. We may have to do cool. that again a couple more times. I have OCD done. about this stuff. Okay, let's start over. <laughs> All right. So you went down to Washington, Georgia. Why Washington, Georgia? Why did you select that, that area? Uh, a guy by the name of Clint Brantley emailed us and said that he told us about the story of the gold going missing in Washington. And I, uh, I immediately was interested because I grew up in West Point where uh, a lot of Civil War generals had gone to, to school there. So I went down and met Clint. And I knew within about 30 minutes that this was going to be more than just an article because within, within that 30 minutes, I'd already talked about the gold. I saw this gold tourism economy happening in that town where everybody's got a metal detector looking for the gold. And, oh, and then, oh, no. <laughs> oh, everybody. Yeah. And they immediately don't trust you, especially me with my Yankee accent, as they would tell me all the time, uh, because they, they want to find it. Everyone believes that it's there still. Uh, it must be there. People have found parts of it. They've claimed to, found, to have found a lot of it in old chimneys in the woods. But uh, within that 30 minutes, and I, I then meet a lady who's 
who kind of becomes like my gold competition. And she goes into this historic museum, which is where I'm having my first meeting with uh, two historians. And she runs out screaming because she starts saying that the ghosts are too loud in her head <laughs> or, or maybe not in her head. You know, I don't, I don't know yet. So there's something oh about God. that town. There's something about that town that just sparked my interest. And, you know, the more and more I kept digging, whether it was current events happening there that were weird or, or the beginning of that town, because in like 1830, I believe it was, there was a man who wanted to shoot the devil. So they buried him on his standing up in the ground with a musket and a bottle of whiskey to shoot the devil. And now there's a perimeter of churches in this town to kind of like, I don't know, a defense of, of keep the devil out the evil, keep the That's devil right. out. Yep. <laughs> so, so I, I have been fascinated by the civil war too. And I know you live in Harper's Ferry and I was uh, fascinated when I went to go visit uh, Tim and do the Tim cast that it was in Harper's Ferry. And he didn't seem to make much of that. Interestingly, it's all just, I guess he's grown up or is just used to that being around him. But I, I get very fascinated by these things. And in in recent years, uh, I, I'm just wondering if this is meaningful to you, and we're going to get on to other stuff very quickly, but I, I wonder how much the Civil War still really affects us, not just from the standpoint of the, the, the war itself and the trauma and, and God knows what we all went through with that, but the run-up, the issue of slavery running into it, the disastrous reconstruction the jim crow era that followed on the heels of reconstruction i mean it just was one thing after another for 75 years maybe 100 years and and i don't think we understand how fully the echoes of that are still where a lot of the conflict comes in today's world in this country at least the politics yep oh yeah it left a, a psychological scar on the landscape and in the people for sure. You know, during the war, there was so much death that people were turning to seances then. You know, Mary Todd Lincoln was having seances, I, remember. I believe, the red, in the Red yeah. Room, right, of the White yeah. House. You know, there was yeah. so much grief. Well, apparently, it was, not, it was not just, it was not just the, it was a little specific from my reading. It was, they had so many outbreaks of infectious diseases, particularly cholera, that it, it, it destroyed a whole generation of children. And they were in, and the mothers became interested in recontacting the children. Not, these were not the soldiers they were going after. It was the children at the seances, I, so I've read. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's interesting because in this town in Washington, these families, like the Clint Brantley I was telling you about, their family's been there pre-America. Right. Some of them are from the Creek and Indian, like Creek Indians and, uh, and Cherokee who were in this area before uh, they came over and colonized that. So they have stories from the revolution leading through the war, then through the depression, the bull weevil. And you can see, you know, because these people can carry those stories, it's like trauma through the generation. And where I grew up in New York, we didn't yeah. kind of have that connection. A, a lot of the trauma that my family right. had was in was in Europe or, or Russia. Right. So. Right. No, that's right. So. Yeah, so that that's what I find so fascinating about the present moment. I, I I feel the presence of those traumas that the people of this country went through. My family came in from the Holodomor. You know, they were running away from Stalin and famine and, and Russian Revolution, and that was bad enough. And uh, and somehow, once immigrants get here, they adopt the traumas of this country's past. It's kind of fascinating. Oh yeah, it, it was really interesting. I, I was able to meet a lady. I believe she was in her early nineties. But she had living memory of the Civil War because there was a man who fought in the Civil War who lived so old to such an old age. So they crossed paths when she was a young girl. 
So it was like I was able to kind of just like walk through a portal and talk to someone, you know, from the war, basically. That's how fresh in their minds this, the war is, you know, among other things like yeah. the whole evil destroying the cotton down there. Yeah, very interesting. All right, let's talk about some of the other things that you've been um, sort of uh, scrutinized for. Uh, let's talk yeah. about our friend Eliza Blue. Let me just uh, quickly yeah. just say she's a, she was a friend long before she was a firebrand. Uh, I knew her. We I forget. I guess I saw some tweets about her doing advocacy for. Uh, essentially for women and, and uh, violence against women and things. Trafficked and, women. And, and trafficking. And she, yeah. she was very zeroed on trafficking, of course. And I thought, good, this is somebody I, I can get behind. I'm interested. And she told me her story. She didn't name names. She didn't uh, out anybody or make it anybody else's problem that I was aware of. She was just interested in helping traffic victims. And I, I will sign off on that. I don't, I don't care what anybody's story is. I don't know. I don't care if they distorted their experience. I don't care if they underestimated their experience. I, I don't care if they're passionate about helping people in need. That That's sort of been my frame on Eliza. And she's a lovely person. How the hell did she become this weird firebrand? So uh, I believe it was sometime after we did IRL together, which is maybe January or, or early February. People started picking apart Sorry. the story that she'd been telling. Sorry, Shane, you got to oh, refresh again. You again. Yeah, because have... this is important. <laughs> yeah, just refresh real quick. We'll keep we'll keep having you refresh. All right. So and, uh, I'm, can I just, give my uh, two cents on uh, this? Yeah. I just want to remind the viewers that uh, this time specifically, it's not on our end this time. So we get a pause for this, <laughs> this time. They're gonna be like, it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. He's um, in. Do I sound better now? But go ahead. The Susan, ghost, wait, wait. Is, the ghost to, is in your computer. Susan wants to say something. Go ahead. So I thought you were going to be gone. But yeah. when I met her, she told me my, her story. And she, you know, it's not like she was smuggled over the border and used as a sex object for porn or whatever. It was a, a less, it was the same type of thing, but she was groomed. And then she was, yeah. you know, no, it, and it, it, it was, it was more of a codependency story. And she and I discussed it. That right. Way. Right. She was quite open about it. This is like not somebody holding her at knife point in Sri Lanka. This was, this was a, process that a lot of people go through where they get sucked into things and before it's too late they're doing things that they wouldn't otherwise do with people that they wouldn't be around they lose their sense right. of themselves in it it's a very common thing very important to talk about right so you so, were an irl and so yeah so i was on irl we discussed me doing a profile on her i had already done i, I believe at that point i'd already done the kanye profile and the carrie lake one so I thought this one was going to be a cinch. I was like, oh, no controversy with this one. I'm just going to tell her story. But then uh, people started taking apart her story as I'm gearing up to go out and, and profile her, interview her and her family. And they're, they're basically saying that her timeline is totally off, that they can't decide. They can't line things up. Her story doesn't matching up. So I start taking notes and be like, okay, I'm going to ask her all that stuff and uh, hope for the best. But I think people had their minds made up on her because they thought she was a liar. They believed that, uh, I think a lot of people thought human trafficking was the, we're going to kidnap you, throw you in a car situation. But hers right. is like you were saying a little, it's a little more nuanced. I think the definition of trafficking psychological, you know, it seems it was psychological. It's, it's yeah. It's kind of nebulous at times where people have one thing in mind that they see yeah. in Hollywood. So by the time I get out there, uh, to interview her, now it's like i think my name has been announced as the person writing the story publicly and uh people are like they want they want a hit piece but i just don't write hit pieces like that you know basically i was right. going out there with the same thing i had in mind that i did with kanye and i did with carrie 
where I'm going to let them tell their story. I'm not going to go talk to other people. You know, uh, people really upset that I didn't do that. I made a point of saying it in the story. In terms of this story, I said it because there was a lot of people who were bullying my colleagues and myself. But the criticism, people think that I was saying anyone criticizing Eliza was the problem. I was talking about a small group of people who were going after her, me, and anyone in her periphery 24-7, you know, just being malicious, which I have a problem with bullies. So I have no problem with people. We should all be picking apart everything. I don't care if you're friendly with someone or, yeah. or whatever. We need to ask questions, of course. So people got upset with me then, I think around uh, part two, where I, I kind of let people have it, you know, that were just, in my mind, ghoulish. And I just didn't, I didn't like What, what do you mean? What did yeah. you do? Well, I kind of just went over uh, in the story, the, the kind of way uh, they were treating people in terms of, you know, it's one thing I was saying, it's one thing to ask questions, but to, to give people ultimatums on whether or not they talk about a certain topic. And then, and then like saying, like you, you sound like a, a, a Batman villain saying, oh, if you don't talk about this by such and such date, you know, then it's this and that, you know, or, or sharing lewd images to get people um, to act a certain way. There were people doxing locations. There were people saying they're going to show up at a location uh, to, to get at her, or get at me or get at her parents when I was out there. So it was like tactics like that. I just saw as gruesome and I, I just, it rubbed me the wrong way, you know, and uh, I was getting well. In, in what world? Yeah. In what world are people feel at their liberty to demand behavior or speech from another person? In, in what world? How does that? In, where yeah. does that well, come from? And they've all become yeah. goddamn Mrs. Kravitz from Bewitched. Are you old <laughs> enough to know what Bewitched is? They're up everyone's ass like Mrs. Kravitz. You become a nosy old lady who thinks right. she knows how you should behave in the neighborhood. It's bullshit. It's bullying. It's narcissistic. It's grandiose. And it 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 has to be pushed back against. The, the, we yeah. are having conversation. We are doing talk shows. You are writing articles. Go write your own goddamn article then. Fine. Yeah. No problem. Right. No problem. And by the way, in the article, take aim at Shane. Take aim at me. Yeah. Cool. Of course. But to I, I, go I, I in even... and demand and then extort, they're extorting you. That is criminal. And why we can't do something about that or why, I, why, why the, the society tolerates that is almost breathtaking right now. It, it I just showed me that there is a type of destruction economy in people that they know if they can start tearing down others, it's, it's beyond asking questions. It's beyond being curious. It's beyond trying to find the truth. They want to destroy people to get a leg up in whatever they think that success is. And it's like, again, I, I, I even said in the story, uh, criticize me, please. Like I'm clear. And I talk about the differences of objectivity and subjectivity because people were, were saying that Eliza had said nice things about me on IRL or on Twitter. So it obviously put me in the story a lot so because I'm trying to show you when I'm being objective and subjective, being like, clearly, you know, this is what I think about these bullies. This is what I think about this story. Um, and then talking about that. So I'm, I'm not, I don't want to criticize anyone who was just asking questions because that wasn't the point, but it seems to be perceived that way. I'm just kind of going after the people who are into that destruction stuff, who were just, you know, making super chats on Eliza or myself or the people I work with or anyone else who happened to say anything that went against the negative wave. Yeah. So it, that's, that's narcissism 
that the, the liability of narcissism is envy and empathic failure. So you have envy being acted out. I know you think they think they're going to get uh, some sort of leg up. It's not that. It's the satisfaction of destroying other people. People, narcissists have that in them. It's envy. Envy, when you have envy towards another person, you have to drag them down. Yeah, you bring them down to your level, so to speak. And envy, I mean, look at every religious scripture there is. There's injunctions throughout every scripture. Beware human envy. Envy is the most destructive emotion. We have to have ways of containing envy, because whether it's the Ten Commandments or, you know, sort of uh, uh, directions from on high in the judges or whatever it might be. It's always about controlling envy because the envy itself is so profoundly destructive. And then within that, what you're describing is scapegoating. So when a mob comes together, a mob has to have a scapegoat. They have to have blood for them to, and they, and a mob, literally when people are in mobs, they are so delusional in terms of their aggression and their aggressive focus on the scapegoat that after they act out, they will, it's almost the way some of our government officials are behaving these days uh, in terms of their willing to take responsibility for some of their excesses and lockdown and school closures. They're, they're like, I, I wasn't a part of that. I didn't do that. I, I don't know what you're talking about. They have almost no awareness of the impact that they have. Yeah, it, it it was interesting that it happened, that I found myself in the crosshairs for the third, you know, I, what I'm calling that trifecta of controversy, because I'm watching Kanye after the InfoWars debacle, and I'm seeing the world turn yeah. against him, and I'm writing about it. And then Carrie Lake with the whole election thing, people either love her or hate her, same as Kanye, and then same as Eliza, but I thought to a much lesser scale, I was shocked that that would become the thing that was trending for days. And then, you know, I get like sucked up into the whirlwind and then feel that heat. And uh, it kind of gave me uh, a different perspective on just what it's like to be on that other end. Cause I, I have, I kind of grew up liking different artists who you would see them on the news being portrayed one way, but you know, if you listen to their art, or you read their work, they're not that way that they're being portrayed. So it was, to me, it was, uh, it was kind of like research. You know, I, I don't really want to have to deal with it again, that kind of hate. But I, you know, when you write about controversial people, you end up, I guess, becoming a little bit of a controversy. Whoop! I think we're we're all refreshing here. There we go. Uh, give him a sec to come back. So here you are. So I, I, I'd love to see you write about, you know, mob behavior, you know, envy, scapegoating mechanisms. I mean, that that would be a really, I think, important article. Now that you've been yep. in the center of all that, you can sort of talk about it from a from a subjective and objective position. Yep. So, Sorry, I'm switching up my microphone because I think uh, my microphone is obviously a, yeah. a, having a problem. Sorry, guys. So, so all I all I know about Eliza is that she was instrumental in taking a lot of the underage girls off of Twitter. You know the, the well, she, girls right. that were she in was the instrumental porn in getting getting um, and, Elon and Musk then, to pay attention. Yeah, to what and then they she was doing. hanging out. She she was working with Elon, which is kind of yeah. cool. I have she tweeted that she texted to me, but then she was also you know she's doing um, she she accepted an award for advocacy, and then she had anti trafficking conferences. I mean, she works all the time yeah. on this stuff, yeah. and it. But yeah. whatever the mob did, but I'm just wondering, like, if it came also from the disgruntled people well, in the porn thinking. industry yeah. who were like, "Hey, yeah. this woman took down my livelihood," you know. Yeah, and I, I, it feels I, like I, there was some energy behind it. Yeah, I mean, there's always like a I group. Think, like yeah. we we've yeah. had that problem before. Oh, for sure. I think it was a number of things with her. You know, I think some of it was just organic. They saw uh, 
the 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 timeline her timeline being taken apart and they wanted the truth because they maybe they they were her fan a fan of hers and they wanted to believe in her and they couldn't see it that way so there's like there that's the organic path then there's the people i was talking about earlier who use this kind of destruction stuff to get ahead or whatever or just get their name out there um yeah. also on irl was she was uh giving out hate uh victim statements so uh, she was re- i don't know if representing is the right word she was speaking with survive supposed survivors of tate uh so that that didn't help because then there's tate fans oh going after there her. it is well okay well that right. maybe that what is that army. i don't know what that is andrew tate uh, has so, an army of guys yeah. that, that hate women essentially. <laughs> i'm sorry I, um, so i don't know what you guys no. do or don't like or whatever it just seems like that to me yeah <laughs> I, I don't honestly know i don't know tate at all it was just odd because while she was reading the statements from tate on irl I had just talked to Tate for the first time a few days earlier because I was going to go write a profile on him. And then he gets arrested. Uh, so I'm like, huh, uh-huh. okay. Um, but so then I, there was a fourth thing, with, which is what you were saying uh, just a bit ago with the Elon thing. She was, I don't know how, what she was doing exactly, but she at least got the word out about a lot of the um, child porn on Twitter. And it, was, yeah. it wasn't being handled properly. And then somehow right. Elon had come across her on Twitter. They did a spaces together. And then as far as I know, it was getting better to, to what degree? I don't know if it's like totally perfect now, uh, like it should be. Well, I, so there I was know those four that, things. Yeah. I, I, I know Eliza was very concerned about what was going on on Twitter and was very happy oh, yeah. with what Elon was doing. I don't know whether it solved everything, but I know it was going in the right, right. direction. But so that that's interesting. So and again, then it went it, south. people, they, when you get swept up in these narcissistic mobs, understand behind it are people with secondary gain. People who have a something yeah. that they, some some cross to bear, some campaign, some goal in mind, some community they represent. You're you're getting used. You're getting used when you walk you know, when you go into these mobs, and and that's just it, we we can do better than that. It seems to me. So before we go to break, yeah. um, and I'm probably going to be taking some calls after break. So again, put your put your hand up, and I'll, I'll bring you all up that uh, want to ask questions. Kanye, what what's the case for Kanye as president? <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know where where that campaign is today. It seems to be uh I don't know, maybe non-existent. I'm not so sure. But at the time, it was exciting to me because I just I just don't see any of these politicians exciting me. I like Vivek, you know. Um I, Trump to me is not so interesting. DeSantis is not so interesting. I mean, I like a lot of things they did, but I I the idea of having Did you listen uh, listen to uh RFK Jr.'s uh, hour and a half speech. You should listen to that. Uh, not not no, that I am not necessarily the, advocating for him, but he he threw down some interesting stuff. Not the least of which yeah. I want to throw out again today. I threw it out yesterday, which was he was. And this was actually I don't think he was actually in his presentation as as um, clearly as I heard it when he was in an interview, where somebody asked him, "Well, you know, you keep saying the country is divided. What are you going to do to bring the country together?" He goes, first thing we need to do is get the government to stop lying." Stop lying to us. Yep. You lie about things yep. for your own gain, for your own political gains. For you manipulate yep. and lie. Stop it. It's all we got to do is stop the co- the government, our government, the people's government from lying to the people. That's it. And yep. where you do make mistakes, yep. take accountability. Very simple. We will come yep. together pretty a lot more if you would just do that one thing. Oh yeah, I I think RFK is very interesting. There's a lot of stuff he says. You know, I, I'm judging a lot of people based off how they reacted during lockdowns, during the the mandates, and he was really good with that. I know there's a, a bunch of stuff in the in his past I might not agree with politically. I don't know where he's at now, but there were things that that Kanye was saying 
that RFK is now saying uh, today, or or and so is Vivek uh, in terms of like we got to totally dismantle these agencies that are running amok around the country, whether it's the CIA, you know, you know, these medical institutions, the way we get this medical tyranny, you know, when uh, I was with Kanye, we were talking about uh, what, something that haunts me. One of the many things that haunts me about our country's history, which is Tuskegee. And I was like, you know, to him, you, I tell him when you do shows, sometimes you will say Tuskegee. And like, I don't think a lot of people know what that means. And he won't go into it. But like, if you could, under, if you could tell people with your platform, what that means, I think they'd understand why the rest of us are so worried about a lot of these mandates or secret projects that sound conspiratorial. And he said, uh, the whole country is like Tuskegee. I was like, yes, I like that. So he was talking about doing those things. He seemed really serious to me. I don't know where he's at now. He seems to be focused on music now, which is awesome because I'm a fan of his music. But, um, you know, with Robert, with Robert Kennedy, I think it's, it's super interesting. I'm really uh, looking forward to hearing more from him. Uh, he's someone that was just to stir, just so he stirs uh, the pot, just so he gets people yes, to exactly. think about stuff more clearly. Let's I, I, refresh again. Exactly. Yeah, we will. Hold on during the yep. break. Give him a second. Give him a, give, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. I'm going to I'm going to go to break in a second. But um, <laughs> let's you know, people conflate Tuskegee Airmen and Tuskegee syphilis experiment. So let's not conflate right. these things. Tuskegee experiment was an infectious disease experiment where a group of black men were allowed to get syphilis and were not. And treatment during the study, the essentially what happened was penicillin and tetracycline came into being, and that treatment was withheld from these men so the scientists could see the manifestations of, of syphilis across decades, see how bad it gets, what, when does neurosyphilis develop. It's unthinkable. And it was really one whistleblower that came upon it and went, why aren't you treating these men? We have treatments now. Oh, don't ask too many questions. And uh, of course, of course, and that you know, and to me, Tuskegee is a is a, um, and Tuskegee was the city where, where this all went down. It's different than Tuskegee Airmen, totally different thing. Um, and it, it was it's emblematic for me. Uh, it's 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 a theme, uh, and frankly, by focusing for the black community to focus on that as the reason for distrusting uh, the medical establishment. D does the black community a disservice because the medical establishment has so badly, so many times, misserved the black community? Look at the crap that my experience was. It was in the crack epidemic. I treated my crack mm. patients as patients, not as criminals. It was criminalized. It was disgusting. These people were all treated as criminals. Why? Primarily of African American pandemic crack. Then we have the mental health issues and the things we did to African-Americans and sterile, all kinds of things that we have no business wondering why they don't want to take your new vaccine. They, we call that good judgment. They just, they, it may not be the right decision, but it was good judgment given the history they've had with the established medical community in this country. Now we're doing better and we're making, we're making really aggressive moves to try to Try to improve things. I, we we are, and we're doing a better job. But let's not kid ourselves about the horrors of what, what what we put people through. And by the way, alongside of that, I would add just a big big brief of a bit of a sidebar here. What things we have done as established practice, as um, settled science, like psychosurgeries, that was settled science. Somebody won a Nobel Prize for the frontal lobotomy. Uh, opioids. You look nowhere. The standard of care with opioid prescribing. Standard of care. Settled science. I was roundly condemned for that. There are many examples of standard of care in medicine being profoundly destructive. 
Somebody yesterday brought up to me the possibility, I guess it was, uh, who was I talking to about the 1918 flu, Dr. Robert Malone, that aspirin came into being during, and they did not know how to dose it, and they were overdosing people regularly. That might have been a contributing factor to the death rate in the 1918 flu. That was us. We did it. Do no yep. harm yep. is our thing, and we got to yep. pay careful attention to that. I'm going to let you refresh. We're going to take a little break. We're going to take calls when we get back. We're here with Shane. Uh, Shane, what's your what's your Twitter handle and stuff before I uh, open? Oh, Shane, give me your Twitter handle and things before we go to break. Yeah, sure I'm at Shane Cashman. Okay. At there Shane Cashman. Up there, Shane Cashman. And the yep. website is shanecashman.com, right? Is that correct also? Yep. Yep. All right. So go look that up, and I'll be right back after this. Over the last few months, no doubt you've heard a lot about spike protein, certainly on this program. The reality is once lockdowns are well behind us, we will likely still be dealing with the effects of COVID and potentially the COVID-19 vaccines. Therefore, the spike protein may prove to be an important part of our story. With that in mind, I want to introduce you to the wellness company's spike support formula. Whether you've been vaccinated or not, spike protein may be something you have become concerned about. Good news is that there's some interesting research on how to potentially deal with it. Studies have suggested that natokinase and dandelion root are showing some potential in protecting you and your family. Our friend Dr. Peter McCullough and the team at the wellness company have the only product on the market that contains both natokinase and dandelion root. In addition to the natokinase and the dandelion root, the wellness company's spike support formula also includes natural antioxidant ingredients such as black sativa, extract, green tea, and iris sea moss, all thought to help boost immune health. Go to twc.health drew to order today. Use code drew at checkout for 10% off today. Springtime is here, and personally, I can get red and irritated skin during these months, especially when I travel. But now I have an extra layer of protection thanks to GenuCell Skincare. GenuCell's Ultra Retinol, formulated with the most powerful retinol alternative, Bacuchiol, and proprietary MDL technology, soothes irritation and visibly targets red, blotchy skin. And the under-eye cream, of course, helps hide the bags and puffiness that you can get from travel and just lack of sleep generally. In fact, you might have witnessed the astonishing effects of GenuCell Redness Repair Intensive during a recent unplanned moment of our show, repairing my skin within minutes right before your eyes. That is how fast these products work. I know I'm a snob about the products I use on my face. Everybody knows it. Every time I go to the dermatologist's office, they're just rows and rows of different creams. Retinols, vitamin C cream, under eye cream, night creams. Scrubs. And then when I get to the counter, they're overpriced. All kinds of products that you can all find at GenuCell.com. I've fallen in love with this product at a fraction of the price. Visit GenuCell.com slash Drew today and check out the personalized packages from Susan and myself bundled with our favorite GenuCell serums and remember to use the promo code DREW for an extra 10% off. All orders are upgraded to free shipping. Plus, if you order now, every subscribe and save package gets a free spring spa package with three of GenuCell's best-selling spa products ready to try in the comfort of your own home. One more time, that is GenuCell.com slash Drew, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Drew. Inflation has consequences. As the Fed raises interest rates to combat out-of-control government spending, Long-term bonds have diminished in value, crippling banks. Depositors are holding their breath and investors are bailing on bank stocks. Diversification has never been more important. The recent surge in gold prices is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. This is why gold has historically been a great hedge against the stock market and against inflation. 
Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you do. Visit birchgold.com slash Drew to get a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401k that is tied to a volatile market into an IRA in physical precious metals. I do not give financial advice and previous performance is no guarantee of future performance. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your future. Visit birchgold.com slash Drew today. That is B-I-R-C-H-G-O-L-D, birchgold.com slash Drew. The parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. Likewise, for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family dogs, cats, even horses in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7, a company founded by two guys who lost dogs to serious conditions, including cancer. Pet Club 24-7 has an incredible array of products, including a line of supplements for humans, such as the Inforce Plus Corollius Versicolor and Inforce Corollius Versicolor with Reishi. My friend and colleague, Christina Ferrari, a cancer survivor herself, swears by it. When I was diagnosed, the doctor in the emergency room told me, you have two years to live. Oh boy. Along with the stem cell, I took these. I have been in remission for eight years now. For dogs, mush puppy treats are a fan favorite. Rex, oh boy. Oh, he came right. Oh, there he is. They are also made with the Coriolis Versicolor Mushroom, which supports their immune system, according to hundreds of clinical studies. Here's Kristen Ludlow, National Vice President. That strain does matter. We do have the most potent strain, and we also extract it in a proprietary way. And that's why we've been having such wonderful experiences with these products. Mush puppies are made here in the U.S. There are no fillers. It's not addicting. Your dog can't accidentally overdose. Go to drdrew.com slash petclub247 for a discount off the list price. That is drdrew.com. P-E-T-C-L-U-B-247, Pet Club 247. Oh, we're back with uh, Shane Cashman. Uh, there we are. Uh, is there anything else that's uh, preoccupying you these days? Have, have I missed anything of a of note that's uh, on your mind? Other than we, that we live yeah. in the upside down, which you've uh, written a book about being in the upside <laughs> well, down, but I think it's a yeah. metaphor for the whole country. That's a good segue into, into this story. I went to East Palestine, Ohio to see how they're doing. Uh, I went there two, two or three weeks ago to see what the town looks like now, two months after the derailment. And it was just, you know, talking about an inverted world. You know, it, we all saw the plume of smoke lifting above this town, these chemicals going everywhere. It was burned to our brain. You couldn't leave without thinking like, I mean, it was on our phones, it was on the TVs. And I was curious if the government presence was there. So it wasn't. Go figure. You know, there's a lot of people in this town who are just suffering. They're not getting answers. Uh, they're cleaning up the infected soil, which we now know has dioxins in it, which is cancerous if there's a, a high percentage of, of them in the soil. Uh, and, and the people just don't know what to do. They don't have money to leave. They're, they're stuck in this town. And one of their concerns was, the trucks taking the soil out of town, they, uh, they're like, how safe are those trucks? And then sure enough, a, mm. a week after I left that town, one of them crashed and contaminated soil all over the place. So there's a, it's just a mess. I mean, people aren't 
eating their own chicken eggs. They can't sell their livestock. They can't drink their own water. They don't know if they can give their land to their kids like they wanted to. They can't move anywhere. The EPA is not giving them answers. Um, supposedly, the EPA didn't uh, verify this, but a bunch of people in town were saying it. But they were they were saying that they the people cleaning up the the site where the derailment happened, the address keeps moving east. And that would then effectively change, if that's true, the radius blast of people who were inside the, uh, that affected area, which, again, is also something else. I don't know how they really determined with the wind going and the chemicals going everywhere. This inversion cr- was created after the explosion. So there was like almost a ceiling above the town where everything was trapped. Yeah. Birds disappeared. Uh, so people are just freaked out. And, you know, I, I, I met some people who have symptoms and I can't verify if they're exactly from that, but they're the symptoms that they're being told are from the chemicals or from the smoke. Um, so it's just, it was just really devastating. And it, not, when I was not there, to be, um, it, harsh, not to be harsh, but, yeah. but sort of, you know, who cares about these short-term symptoms? Are these people going to get cancer? I mean, that's really the question at right. hand. Is this, is this, are these are lives going to be lost? I, I understand it's going to be exactly. miserable for a while, and that's bad enough, but I want to know if people are going to die and, and who's responsible for that. Yes. When did our government get so big and so incompetent? I, I, I feel like I, I feel like that's a new phenomenon. Yeah. At least I'm Probably aware of it more the these Fed. days. Uh, <laughs> when they invented the <laughs> Fed, maybe. Uh, but it's been a slow boil of them taking... I mean, you go back and think of the, what they were doing in the 40s with Project Echelon, where they were actively taking information from everybody um, to kind of get an idea of, you know, who who are you? What do you think? Are you for or against us? Uh, and that's just been accelerated over the years with technologies. It gets better or worse, depending on how you see it. Um, it it's, be, it's so big, it's beyond control, and it's it's collapsing in on itself. Because when I'm in East Palestine, I'm watching a terrible tragedy that is two months deep and these people have no answers or no help. They got a thousand dollars from the, from the railroad, which didn't go very far mm. considering how much yeah. gas and groceries are these days, these days. But my first night in, in East Palestine was when the Nashville shooting happened. So then I'm with these people experiencing Jeez. a tragedy and we're watching another horrible tragedy unfold. And it's like, if the government can't even focus on this, right? How are they going to focus on that? How are they going to focus on the, uh, the, the, the boats, the barges that crashed in the Ohio River, where the methanol, I guess, was, uh, might have been leaking into the river, which is by another water supply? Another thing was happening in Philadelphia while I was there. It just seems like the inf- infrastructure is collapsing in on itself. And uh, for, for a government that's so big, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. It feels like they, they are not uh, in the world. Right, it's like it's like they're in their little rarefied ideological camps and fighting and doing their thing, but the actual yep. pragmatic lives of Americans are not being served. I, yep. I don't know who am I to say. Our, I, I our, just, it's just our so, backyard. So... Our backyard is on fire, and they're worried about fires elsewhere, which also hurt my heart to hear about all the tragedies around the world. But we can't even focus on fixing our problems. So it's like, how are you going to fix anything else? If you can't even focus on our own backyard, which is literally on fire, everything feels like it's poison now with all these derailments, with all the, the chemicals and all the food. Um, it, it's really, I, I left East Palestine just feeling really sad, not just for those people, but for the entire country. Can I ask real quick? What is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there, are there, have you noticed, are there any like political reasons behind why this, this, seems like it's being ignored because I didn't even realize this was still going on. And I go and look and there's an article from yesterday that says people are still living in hotels. I can't imagine mm-hmm. being like displaced yeah, I, look, like that. I, like, are there reasons behind why it, this story I was is being having suppressed? This, 
Caleb, I was having this conversation with uh, Adam Carolla today, and I was saying, you know, I'm prepared to believe that uh, Walensky and and uh, and Fauci have, you know, severe cognitive dissonance, and they've convinced themselves of of uh, you know they're right there what what they experience, even though the evidence suggests quite something contrary. But they're they're so deep in their cognitive. Uh, cognitive dissonance, or they're just grossly, grossly, grossly incompetent. And, and Adam goes, how would you like to be that person in charge of a large government agency and go, well, you know, maybe he's just a distorted reality or he's just <laughs> just completely, completely incompetent. And how would you feel if they were talking about you? And it's like, yeah, he's an okay guy, but he's just got to be incompetent because it's the only explanation here. And, and, uh, yeah. and that seems to be what we're dealing with. It really does. Yeah. It's like I, if it's not I intentional, think, then it's just incompetence right here because this is yes, bizarre. I thought right. for sure this was resolved that's long right. ago. Yes, no. Yeah, but uh, we're seeing evidence of this level of incompetence all throughout. All throughout. And by the exactly. way, this country was never meant to be managed from Washington. It was meant to be managed from your, your city, your county, and your state. Period. Right. End. There was then yep. a more perfect union of those states for interstate commerce and general protection of things. All this business going to Washington has... This is what's. This is the problem. It, it's yep. this gigantic, bloated nothing that they shouldn't even be involved with us. Yeah, I've been calling it the pandemic of incompetence. If you look at all this stuff, I mean, the dioxins that they're finding in uh, East Palestine, that chemical—it's like a conglomerate of bad chemicals that that actually destroyed an entire town called uh, Times Beach, Missouri. I think it was a few decades ago, but wiped off, wiped out the town. Wow. The government actually bought it, like eminent domain. They turned it into a park years later. Uh, but that again, they were spraying dioxins on the ground to keep the sand down. Uh, but but again, in terms yeah. of politics, it's a it's a heavy Trump area. So some people were speculating that they are letting this town rot with the chemicals because of how they voted, which is absurd to think that that's the case. But uh, it is it is heavy Trump. And Pete Buttigieg did go there. It was kind of like a sad photo op with his hard hat. And then Trump did go there. You could also argue that was a photo op. But, uh, you know, he was there. He spent time. The people obviously loved Trump at that town, so they felt good having him there. They bought a McDonald's. Um, but it was just <laughs> a lot of people well. think that, yeah, all is well. Yeah, that's that's just more poison <laughs> in my mind. But uh, it, 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 a lot of people, no matter how they are political in that town, they feel abandoned by their politicians on the state level, on the local level uh, and on obviously on the national level. And by the media, like shouldn't if yeah. this, if it was f flipped to a different, like that's the sad part is that if this was flipped mm -hmm. politically, then this would yep. still be in the media. If these people are still suffering exactly. so much, they've been displaced from their homes for like a quarter of a year. I'm that's just, yep. wow. We got, we got no footage of Joe Biden going to take a sip of water out of East Palestine, like Obama attempted to do at, at Flint, Michigan, right? It's interesting that we take certain tragedies and, and uh, put them on a pedestal in the media and other ones just fall by the wayside. Uh, it could be because of politics with this town, or it might just be we just don't have the bandwidth as a country to care anymore, either on a media level, personal level, governmental level. And that to me is really the most, it's the saddest part. We can't even um, comprehend it. It's, it's, it's breaking down, you know, our, the way we, we care for one another. I'm going to take some calls here. This is uh, health through love. Hmm, this should be interesting. Um, You've got to unmute yourself in the lower left-hand corner and come on up and uh, talk to Shane and myself. 
Yeah, hey, Dr. Drew, how are you doing? Yeah, hey. Can you guys hear me okay? We do, we got you loud and clear. Yes, sir. Perfect. Hey, Caleb, uh, you know, I was surprised that you guys brought me up, so I, um, I'm a bit taken aback. <laughs> you raised, you raised um, your hand. Well, I did, because I'm a guy that speaks out. Okay. I, uh, I believe in my word, and I believe in uh, a lot of people that are uh, in suffering and in a lot of pain, and I think it kind of, um, it kind of, it kind of uh, piggybacks off of what Caleb was saying. So many people are suffering, right? And yep. ill-intently, they shouldn't be suffering, specifically the people on Ohio, but this has a huge effect on everyone, right? Yep. The way that they've been treated is the same exact way that the people who've been vaccine injured have been treated. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I wanted to get up here, Dr. Drew, is because, um, you know, there's just a, still a lot of doctors that are still gaslighting the crap out of this. And, uh, you know, we, we took it upon ourselves to, to stand up and, and say something about it. Um, and it's real. And did you, did you have me, a vaccine injury yourself? I, I did. And yeah. I was, I had it back in July of 2021. Mm. I worked for big tech. Um, mm. you know, Sorry they were pushing that. the mass mandates. I had not, I had not taken it. I had not taken the vaccine. I've never been well, flu shotted. My parents have never done yeah. any. And, you know, uh, so, what, what is your first name? I'm sorry, do you mind if I ask? Yes, it's, it's Mr. Love. Mr. Love, okay, Mr. Love. Well, yep. uh, just look at your government officials. They didn't force anything. They didn't force anybody. Why'd you take the vaccine? Nobody was forcing you. How dare see, you I, say I, that you were forced? No, that should, see, that, just, aren't you pissed right. when you see that garbage? I, hey, you know what? I'm so pissed, Dr. Drew, that no one believed me when I was going through the injury. I know. I was a healthy 42-year-old. I've been, okay? that way. I've been through it. I was at the top patients. of my life. I've been through with patients. I've been through with friends, it, and some of them are still suffering. And you know what? What you get at, at best, some are still suffering. There's there's people that are fighting for their lives, especially in the UK. Of course, right? at, at best mm -hmm. you I get mean, well. At best, what you'll get is well, you're not truly disabled by it. I know it's unpleasant, but you know, well, we had to do something to stop <laughs> this thing. I, I know. Yeah. Listen, okay, I'm okay. telling you what yeah. you get. I'm not saying what I would say. Yeah. I'm telling you, I no, know no, what no, you no. get. And, and I and I did it. And 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 not to interrupt or anything, because I'm a very astute guy. I've got, I, I'm, I'm a very accredited guy. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm feel very honored for you to bring me up on this platform for one. Um, and you know, I'm not the best when it comes to this because I am very detail oriented, which is the reason why I'm in a position that I am. Um, and I finally got my position back after eight years oh, because, well, the vaccine injured me and they pushed me out. So it was mandated. They were pushing it hardcore in, in July of 21. And so that's when I decided to go in and get it. And yes, I was severely vax injured. You can read my story. I was really pissed off. I went out and I put a website up. And now I'm trying, you know, to do my best to recover and 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 also assist people that are truly, truly. Where hurting. do they go, Mr. Love? Where do they go? And then I'll put you back in the audience. It's not where they go. I don't really have that answer. But what I can tell you is that the doctors that have, have gaslighted us, I would encourage everyone to go to our website. It's healthroughlove.org. Okay, healthroughlove.org. There you go. Yep, and, right. I and I appreciate I appreciate you putting me up here, Doctor Drew. But Oop. oh my God, I just didn't mean to do that. Let me let me get him back real quick. Whoops, uh, I, my finger literally. Oh no, that is so sad. It's weird. It won't. Oh, now you really are uh, distorted now. <laughs> Shane, he's a, he's an alien yeah, now. Now you, now you sound like he's uh, like. <laughs> God darn it. Oh, here he is. Let me try again. Uh, there you are. Okay, Mr. Love. I don't know how that, that keeps happening. Thought. I'm sorry. 
Uh, I, I was weird. just saying, I'll tell it, you how it, it keeps weird. happening because we're in groups where it's in groups. We're in tweet. We're in t- Twitter spaces where we're being recorded. And I don't give a shit. That's why we put our website up there. Okay. Okay. And we're doing everything we can. And everyone needs to follow Adam Roland from the UK because it's wrong. Pascal and Anna McCarthy, they're coming and we're bringing it and we're not going to stop. Good. Okay. Dr. Drew. So I I don't, I don't really fully, maybe I had to bring you in here and interview you because you're saying a lot of things I've got a lot of questions about. So, uh, maybe I'm a very detail oriented guy. So so, fire away, ask any questions you want. No, I I don't have time today, but, but, but I, I'm thinking, send a, send a note to contact at drdrew.com and maybe we'll bring you up for a little interview and see what, what your story is. Okay. Hey, bring bring us up, bring silence up, bring miss, bring me back up, and okay. bring Adam Roland back up, okay, and okay. find out exactly what's going on. All right, we'll we'll construct something. So uh, so I, I appreciate. It. I, I don't know what what because I feel like if I I will not do you justice if I try to skate through through Twitter Spaces right now. And like what what what, do you, what happened to you? Who what happened to who? Uh, I want to get into more detail, but but it does bring up an interesting point, Shane, which is uh, my my greatest. When I started doing the streaming show, the first motivation I had was I felt like I was the French underground trying to help people just create community and get sanity and figure out what's really going on and stop listening to the propaganda of whomever was in charge of the government, uh, you mm-hmm. know, whether it was uh, an occupying poor force, like it really, really happened in France or whether it was happened to us during this, these crazy lockdowns, whatever it was, yep. it all felt like that same kind of phenomenon to me. Now it has morphed into me trying to understand how this happened, what we've been through. And I've been talking primarily to silenced people as a way of trying to understand what they were saying that was so problematic. And from each of them, I've learned something rather significant. And, and, a, and a, a very systematic, a very specific story has evolved in my mind about what happened here and how it happened, but still evolving. There's still more details to be played out. It just, some of these things were just astonishingly out of thin air without any regard for the impact. Some of it was built on sort of this pandemic ink that was ready to go. And it was just a hammer looking for a nail. And when they decided Mm -hmm. to pull the trigger, they just went hammering away. And, uh, and some of it was the Chinese influence and, you know, the persuasion they had over the people in Italy in particular. And then we all fall. There's many different aspects of the story. Uh, and then when we just started doing crazy shit, like six foot, six foot distancing made out of, made up out of thin air, thin air, uh-huh. uh, and the, the masking and, you know, all these ideas were just completely made up. And then anybody who asked for some sort of, um, systematic randomized assessment of, of their recommendations were destroyed. That's the part I haven't fully put together yet is what, what, you know, what were they saying to each other when they went after really the, the playbook was to go after very high quality professionals and ruin them. What's your take yeah. on what we've just been through? Oh, uh, it was like experiencing hell. Uh, you know, when the lockdowns first started, my wife was pregnant with our second and I was nervous for about, you know, a week or two, a few weeks, maybe I didn't know what was going on. I felt useless. Um, and then the logic of the, the six feet stuff or the masks started wearing off. I remember very distinctly ordering pizza and the person like on the phone said, okay, when the pizza guy gets there, you're going to stand back and they're going to put the pizza there. You're going to put the cash over here. It seemed like a really bizarre drug deal. And I was like, and I watched it all happen. And I'm like, the thing I just touched, they just touched. Now they're touching their face or touching their wheel and nothing made sense anymore. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. So there was that on just a personal level of the logic breaking down. 
And then we kept sliding deeper and deeper into the tyranny. I was in New York at the time, so they were really happy to lock everyone down. They were really happy to mm. destroy your children's lives with, with, with school. Our kid, we took him out uh, eventually because we were just like, these masks are ridiculous. And we, we moved, but there was a point where they, were, they had our son who was like four, three or four at the time, running around outside with a mask on. We picked him up and we brought him to like a, a school that was outside mostly because we didn't think they were going to wear masks. And then we picked him up. He's wearing the mask. It's soaked. And I tell them like, you're basically waterboarding the kids because they're soaked and right. they're sweating and they're running around. I'm like, this is actually cruel. But the teachers were more afraid of them, of themselves getting sick than the well-being of the kids, yeah. which was really shocking. Yeah. And then, and then watching yeah. the, uh, the, the dis disintegration of the, of our doctors, not trusting our doctors. I went for a, like a physical to my doctor who I trusted for years. And it was the day that New York lifted the mask mandate the first time. And they were, yeah. they were out of their minds. They were so scared. What are they going to do? People are going to come in without a mask. I didn't have a mask on. Uh, and they were, they were wigging out. I went there because I was, I, I, I read something up. you wrote, Shane, I read oh, something yeah? you wrote where you said you were, <laughs> you were out in the woods, you're out in the woods and somebody leaped, approached you as though you were a it's mountain true. lion. And, and, and I, had an, I, I thought, man, I had that experience. I was running in my neighborhood and I was running and I would, I would just respectfully, I was, I would go into the uh, gutter when I was running and somebody was on the sidewalk. I didn't right. have a mask on. I was walking by an older gentleman with a mask on. I was four feet away in the gutter he recoiled from me like i was on fire i've never seen anything like it it was so shot so when you wrote about the mountain line i thought yeah that's I, and my and my brain just goes what have we done to these people how done? insane is bad. this this is totally nuts bad. outdoors running past at that point there had been two cases of outdoor transmission documented on earth mm -hmm. and there was two women speaking very close to one another in a yep. situation that really wasn't even outdoors no outdoor yep transmission whatsoever and yet masks and treat people like their mountain lions are on fire it it's it was it was I, this collective delusional craziness yep. you know we're going to try to get uh desmond um oh shoot matthias desmond mm -hmm. in here who came up with the notion mm. of uh, mass formation psychosis which he was mm. writing about long before this happened this is what people don't understand his it, it was actually not mass formation psychosis his real term is mass formation and he was talking about mass formation throughout history and then this thing developed and he said well here it is again we've you know i've just as i've been talking about here it is again we're going to bring up uh, john real quick here he has a question for you i think let's see what he's on his mind Hey, John. Hey, Dr. Drew. Um, I don't know if you remember me. I think from December or something, I'm the guy with all the ICD-10 codes, 500,000 death certificates from Massachusetts. I do remember you. How's that? Mm -hmm. And you had, you had a big case going. How's that going? Uh, well, I expect to be dismissed maybe this week. It's too big. They, they can't allow it to go on. Mm -hmm. I, I have I've basically proven massive amounts of fraud, uh, fraud of omission by not putting... Um, the vaccine as a cause of death when it absolutely was like reacted within five minutes. So take the case of a girl or a woman, I should say, 30 year old high school teacher um, reacts within hours, ends up uh, dying from a, an ischemic stroke. Mm -hmm. So six doctors from the hospital, Harvard Medical College. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> I have and uh, yeah, <laughs> Beth Deaconess Hospital. So six doctors write a report. The title is Fatal Post-COVID MRNA Vaccine-Associated Cerebral Ischemia. Mm. 
they're telling you in the title yeah. what caused it, yeah. that she died, and that it was an ischemic stroke. In every paragraph, they tell you the vaccine did it. In the second to last paragraph, they say, well, it's not a CVST stroke, which several reports have had from this from the COVID vaccines. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's not thrombocytopenia, which is frequent from the COVID vaccines. Yeah. And in, in the summary that everybody reads, they they write, it's extremely rare, you know. So um, two weeks before two weeks before she died, uh, excuse me, before she took the vaccination, a 62 year old woman died in also in Massachusetts from acute intracranial hemorrhage in the setting of thrombocytopenia. And five five weeks after she died, a 17, Mm. a 17 year old girl died from a CBST stroke. Now, both the 30 year old and the 17 year old went to the ER twice for massive headaches and were sent home. The 17-year-old went and got the vaccine again. I, I Listen, John, I've, I've been saying for the last few days that whatever lack of trust that uh, people are now uh, feeling towards the medical establishment, we earned it. We earned this. We did it. We earned it. We got to look at it. We got to own it and do what we got to do to come back. Shane, you got to write an article about this guy, about John's findings, because if, if they're yeah. going to be dismissed out of the court, somebody's got to so push sh- stuff so together Shane. and put it out for the public. Yeah. Yeah, send me an email. Yeah, exhibit it's crazy. F. I hate uh, these stories. It, it, these stories. So, so, so sad. John, send send an email to me at contact at and I will forward it to Shane. Susan, can you do that? Okay. I'll handle um, it. Yeah, okay. sure. Okay, sure. All right. Yeah, and he'll handle it. So let's let's leave it at that for right now and uh, see where he. Okay. Okay. You know, can I ask you a question about eosinophilia? Yeah. Do you see any connection? Because I just brought it up on the screen. There's like five different deaths with eosinophilia. Uh, uh, you know, eosinophilia is a very poorly, you know, uh, I mean, it's well characterized, but poorly understood phenomenon. Obviously, it has sort of allergic immunological components to it. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if there were an eosinophilic reaction to something like a vaccine that sort of, you know, that's how the body reacts to foreign agents and maybe overreacts in certain genetic can subsets. You, but I can you explain what that means? Can you explain what that means? Eosinophils are we have we have many different white blood cells in our white blood cell line, and eosinophils are is one component. They're usually very scant in your peripheral blood, but they're associated with allergic reactions essentially. And some people with asthma have high levels of eosinophils. There are eosinophilic disorders where eosinophils sort of behave strangely and start attacking things like the esophagus or the heart. And you can have eosinophilic tumors, but why those develop and the exact genetics of that and stuff, it's it's not that well understood because they're so rare. But yeah, there's a, yeah. go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say there's a 20-year-old died. She's a college student, eosinophilic mm. myocarditis. Yeah. And then on the screen right now, I have uh, with it, there's there's a leukemia component. There seems to be as well. So all, all these can be traced. We have the data, but the government is holding the uh, is withholding the data from most people. Um, me and three other people got data from uh, different states, and we're working on it. But um, I'll, I'll, you can apply. AI algorithms to this, and you can diagnose just about anything in society going back as long as we have records. I can tell you uh, <laughs> there's something that's 400% high in a single zip code 29 years ago, and just go look at the water supply. It, we have the data. Wow. Yeah. I, I've, I've wondered about stuff like that. I saw an outbreak of of uh, uh, the AML, acute myelogenous leukemia, in a place nearby here about 20 years ago, and I was thinking, and there was a major institution right up the road. I was like, oh, I wonder if something f- came out of there, radiation or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but did I, you I'm, say promyelocytic leukemia? Uh, it was in that. It was not specifically promyelocytic. I, I don't know because I didn't treat the cases. I just they were sort of friends that got sick. 
and it was just a AML is a category of which promyelocytic is a subcategory. Okay, but it was AML. Okay, because that's I'm, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. It, uh, in, in yeah. yeah, well, so there you go. So I'm going to remove you, but you're going to send me an email to Dr. Drew at uh, contact drew.com and then I'm going to forward it to Shane. And how exciting would it be if we, uh, you know, generated yeah. some articles on this? You become a robot. You just landed. <laughs> It's I, so I weird. Think it, you know, it's not an accident that Shane has a, a thing about... He, You're doing a, this on purpose, no, right? No, it's a UFO thing. It's his, <laughs> it's his, it's his paranormal stuff. I know. I, I have a belief in electronics, uh, <clears throat> spirits coming through electronics. So I think they're yes. all around you. They're yes, definitely I to, your I house. I have my wife as a guest on your show. Yeah. Have my guest, guest, my wife is a guest on your Okay, well, tell show. him. And, and, and She will not be saying this on my show. So she has to go somewhere else to say it. So, so. You invited this guest. Come on. Yeah. All right. So wait, I have a, I have a, a um, super chat here. I had some acne when I was a kid. I got prescribed Accutane, killed the acne, but for whatever reason, I've had chronically dry skin since. Any recommendations? Well, I did the same thing, and it has uh, it did great for my acne. It actually screwed me up neurologically, which is why I stopped the, the uh, Accutane. I started putting my foot on the accelerator when I was trying to put my foot on the brakes, uh, and I knew the medicine was not right for me. You went cuckoo. Point. Yeah, I went a little cuckoo, and um, and I I I use that Genucel right now. That's what I use because my skin is very very sensitive. That is literally what I use. So that's that's actually what I use. And retin A. And some retinoic retinoic acids. Yeah. Uh, so Shane, uh, this is interesting. Uh, does this all interest you what we've been through as much as it does me? Or is it just something that we're going to have to, you know, when, when people go through traumatic experiences, a, a colleague of mine said this yesterday, and I was thinking, oh, I hope not. But it's just the case. So when humans go through traumatic experiences, they want to move past it and just they go, I'm, I'm dealt with it. It's behind me. It's no problem. Mm. I feel like <clears throat> if we, if we do that with this particular experience, we do it at our own peril in terms of, being perilously at the at the whim of a government that can run amok and we didn't know it and now we know it we have to change that yeah no i uh i can't stop writing about it i can't stop talking about it i want accountability for all these people that we just heard from who were injured by the vaccines or who lost their lives during lockdowns whether it's from suicide you know depression the fentanyl overdoses that we don't talk about um i every time i go to a new city every time i hop in a new car with a, a taxi we immediately start talking about how has your life changed since lockdowns? What is your life like now? What was it like before? What does the city look like now? How is it different? I, I can't, I'm obsessed because it is a traumatic experience. It's traumatized all of us. It's like, um, you know, it's, it's like a major event, like a world war um, that we yeah. can go yeah. anywhere in the world and discuss one topic and how it affected all of us in similar and different ways. Yeah. So yeah, I, I will probably yeah. write about it until I'm dead. Well, please uh, keep me posted because I'm similarly obsessed. I, I, I just feel like at very minimum, we have to make a full cohesive narrative that makes that, so we understand at least what happens. Whether we want to do mm -hmm. something about it is the, the, the second order question. But we at least have to understand what this was, what all the mistakes were, where they came from, why people behaved the way they did. And the, the whole thing has got to be a cohesive whole. And there are so many voices out there that have been silenced that have parts of this story. You, you'd be amazed. I don't know if you've... Oh, so if I mean, if you go if you're going to write about this for, further, I mean, talk to some of the people who were in the rooms when these crazy decisions were made. You'll you'll it'll, your uh, your hair will stand up. Yeah, 
Oh, that's yeah. that is the actual yeah. inverted world. Like that is the nightmare world. You know, we are living through a hellish nightmare where there's you know medical tyranny. They've destroyed language, so you can't even talk about it in certain ways. You know, the censorship yeah. wipes out the conversation, yeah. which I believe censorship kills because if someone has a, a problem and they can't even research if the shot is going to affect their, their the problem they might already have, they could lose their life. They could have a miscarriage. All these different things. We are just in a in a, a a very bizarre world. And, That's why and, it's good to try to make and, sense and of this, it. I agree. And this one attitude that has developed that you were talking about in relation to Eliza Blue, this, this, what I'm calling lately this Miss, Mrs. Kravitz uh, version of the American psyche. Which, why do you, yeah. you have no business having an opinion about what Joe Rogan does with his doctor? You have no business <laughs> talking about what I do right. with my patients. It's not your business. You fuck right. off. You have no business being yep. a part of this. And uh, yep. we, we need to start telling people just that more uh, on Twitter and elsewhere because they feel at their liberty to be in relationships where they have no place they don't belong oh, yeah. they are not worthy of an opinion and they are not certainly uh, having a place that they should never have a place at the table Where do we start doing that to the attorney client privilege you think you don't think the attorneys will settle, <laughs> will settle for that they won't oh, allow yeah. that for one second oh for sure i i hope we get to that place yeah. it was very bizarre to be in new york <laughs> and it, be, it, it becoming like in vogue for people to show up and ask you about your medical status and like everyone just thought it was okay to have these conversations you know something we would never talk about you know kind of like how politics used to be back in the day at least my grandparents according to my grandparents we don't they didn't talk about politics in public then that started becoming you have yeah. to talk about politics it's always election season and then Shane, you know, now with, Shane, with covid this stuff it's everywhere this 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 but this material you are asking for of other people is protected by law. You know, talking yeah. politics is not something that's protected yeah. by law. My medical yeah. history, my medical information is mine and it is protected by a HIPAA law. And yeah. you asking yeah. about it is asking about it is actually breaking the law. Asking yeah. about it. And then to, yeah. and then to have some feeling about a medication that you just learned how to pronounce yesterday, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. Oh, that's yeah. all I can I just yeah. keep thinking. That's what I want to tell people these days. So anyway, yep, I'm with you. Uh, that's enough for today. <laughs> okay, good. Um, I, I hope I didn't get the show canceled, Caleb, by saying that too many times. <laughs> but but, but uh, that as long the, as you don't the say the uh, being... I word or the H word, then we're yeah. Fine. I can't you can talk about some you of the medications I've been using for 25 years, but 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 I can tell people to f off. You can say uh, yeah. Oh my god, that sounded good. It's so it's so offensive. It's disgusting. It, that's why I want to sort of yep. be, be dramatic about it because it you know. It really is. It, 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 I, I need to catch people's attention on how far off base they are in these yes. in these feelings they have about their proprietary privilege over other people, mm -hmm. over other people's positions, over other people's talk shows, over other people's doctors. Mm -hmm. It's it's a zero. You have zero. You should have zero to say about it. If that doctor wants to talk to you about it and take an opinion and refine his or her more um, sort of feelings about the therapeutics they're using, all right, that's up to that doctor. Only at the doctor's request, but in any event, uh, and again, we we earned this as a as a profession, and we have to kind of take it back. We have to take it back. All right, Shane, um, come, are you coming up on Timcast anytime soon, or should we look for you there? Uh, I might be. You never know. I kind of just appear on that show. You never know. It's just uh, we're all I, since we're all living. Well, tell close. them I. I want to go back. I want to go back. I really enjoyed talking yes. to these guys. We had a good time. Yes. Uh, and please, please tell them back. I want to go back. It's it, it's an ordeal, but I promised them I would bring Corolla back when I went. And he yes. he agreed to come. 
Um, and so if I can, if we can get a date and, a, and some travel and stuff, cause it's, it's an ordeal to get there. It's an ordeal. Yeah. It's West I know. Virginia. I know. <laughs> I will. I and will. He was telling me he was going to move channels tomorrow right now. Yeah. Really? All right, please do. He, he was telling me he was going to move and then he didn't. And so I'm like, okay, I was sort of waiting for that. And so, but now we got to, we got to get Mr. Corolla and he and I are actually coming out to the West East coast in May. Maybe we could sort of fold that all together somehow. Oh so yeah. About we'll make that right? happen. That'd be yeah. amazing. I'd love that show. All right. All right. Thanks Shane. Appreciate it. Thank all you. right. Follow Shane at, uh, at Shane's website and also on Twitter. Uh, Hang on a second. Let me get get it all. Make sure I've got ShaneCashman.com and also at Shane Cashman, C-A-S-H-M-A-N. Uh, you guys, I appreciate your uh, stepping up and asking some questions here. And of course, uh, John, it was good to hear from you. Uh, you can follow the sh our show on Twitter at, at, at Ask Dr. Drew, and they'll give updates and shows and guests, which we always screw up at the end of the show every day. <laughs> so, Not today. Kevin Let me do Not talking. Let me tell you who Kevin Bass is. Kevin Bass is a young PhD who's going to go to medical school, has not yet been to medical school, who changed his opinion dramatically about COVID and has been very uh, thoughtful and um, forthcoming about how he changed his position, why he changed his position. And then he's gotten sort of aggressive online. I want to hear what he's thinking these days. Uh, Dr. V Victory is going to come in with Nikolai Petrovsky. Uh, Bobby Chacon from the FBI is coming in. Nicole Sapphire, uh, she's, of course, from Fox News, but she's a colleague and a uh, breast cancer specialist and the May 16th Carol Roth. And we are working hard to reschedule uh, Asim Malhotra, which he's been working hard to do. Then we have some other stuff cooking too. I think you all- We've had a it. crazy week of electronical problems, car problems, everything problems. And then this guy comes on and he sounds yeah. like a, a, you know, an alien's yes, landing yes. on his house. It's, it's on, it's on brand for him. <laughs> it's uh, just it's the not, weirdest not week. Not, it has been a very, and Susan is not, uh, she is not overstating we have literally had cars. Both blow of my cars up. were broken. Yeah. I had to tow one today, and I had to get a new battery in the other one. So I've been homebound. We have had multiple problems here with routers and Wi-Fi. The router just went out when and, Cuomo uh, asked if what my router was like, and it was like, oh, it's broken. <laughs> but I got that fixed in two hours, and no problem. To that point, I guess I'm going to be on Chris Cuomo tomorrow night. Yes, Susan's been working on that stuff. Not, yeah, the uh, what's it? News Nation. Is that News Nation. Yeah. News. And then we're going to talk a little about the weight loss medication that are out there. I know a bit about that. Also, how is how is your bone broth? Oh my God, I, I, I so am good. so obsessed with this bro Paleo Valley bone broth. So right before the it show, Caleb um, Drew goes, "Can you get me some coffee with that chocolate bone no, broth?" No, I said I, I was very quiet. I said, "Would you please give me a cup of coffee?" And if you really want me to love you, put some both chocolate bone broth. And in then there. I got the I got the. Um, <laughs> and then wait, you missed the conversation. Chicken broth. Wait, Susan, you missed the conversation Caleb and I then had. What what were we talking about when she went out of the room to get me my bone broth? Oh yeah, when she went out of the room, I was like, Drew, you're talking about bone broth. My conspiracy theorist <laughs> relatives. Have been talking about bone broth for 20 years. I have another apology to make now. <laughs> Were they right about this too? What? His mom. Jeez. Oh. His mom's a big advocate of the uh, benefits of bone which I've been a bit, I'm, I'm sure too, especially the grass fed beef. Well, bone I, broth. I, but I've never had a way, the way to drink it that I like. Well, it, I took some I like chicken it. broth because I'm on a keto diet right now. Yeah. I lost like four pounds this week. Yeah. Um, but I just took it and I just took bone broth and threw it into the chicken broth and it was really good. And I'm so satisfied. Like I have all this energy now. It's weird. I know it's not good because I have my trouble. I know this isn't after dark, but I'm having trouble keeping my hands off. Here. But if anybody, um, oh. thank you, honey. Um, if anybody wants to know why we're singing the praises, we're getting them as a new sponsor and we're so excited. 
because I was I was going crazy on how I like their products. Oh my god, we ate all the the beef sticks too. Yeah. So you'll hear more about. It. Let's let's leave it be. We'll we'll, we'll yeah. We're going to interview a really good the the head of a of the organization, so you guys can find that but on I am, Rumble. I am literally Facebook I, later. I'm so glad we get to bring people that support the show that I'm really excited about. I live on their products. Well, thank you, Emily Barsh. Yeah, thank you, Emily Barsh. Okay, we'll take a little break. We'll be back with you. Uh, as I said, I'll be co Chris Cuomo show tomorrow night at like eight o'clock Eastern, I think, and then we'll be back with you on Tuesday uh, next week at three o'clock. And of course, uh, Dr. Kelly Victory joins us as she always does on Wednesday. And uh, do stay tuned. We appreciate your support, and uh, we'll look for you. And uh, if you're on Rumble, check out the uh, Robert Malone interview we did oh, yesterday. We uploaded it because we couldn't yes. get on Rumble. That's probably why you didn't see it. Yes, this was another one of our electronic disasters. Was Rumble was under attack yesterday? It's so weird. And and that was a really interesting interview. We did not talk about we almost nothing on vaccine. We were he was talking about really the FOIA documents he's gone after, and again putting the pieces of the puzzle of this experience we've all been through and who was doing what when and why and he's got a lot of very interesting information so it was terribly enlightening do he really uh exposed some material about military grade psychological operations that were deployed against us against the people of this country in the name of i don't know what really i it was supposed to be for our own good but of course it was not so uh, this is what happens when you put too much power in the hands of a centralized authority. So do check it out. It's on. Uh, it's up now, Caleb. Is that true? Yep, it's up now on Rumble. Yes. All right. Go see it on Rumble. Yeah, it's so it's Robert the episode Malone. right before this one. So yeah. just go back one. I, I really recommend it. I, I walked away from that interview going, boy, this is this was interesting. I learned something. Yeah, but it really fucked up our algorithm. I'm pissed. Well, it was a good interview. We'll see you all on Tuesday, 3 o'clock Pacific. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help.